0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we are talking about a personal favorite for both of us, actually. Log Horizon Season 1.
1: Now, I do have a little bit of a gripe that I'd like to uh, display here. Okay. Um, Season one has been just eradicated from any legal free site, and I got a problem
0: with that. It's not eradicated. You could buy it. You could pay for it. If you have a friend, you could borrow it from them. You know, other ways to Mm -hmm. be able to watch it. You know, there's other ways you could watch it.
1: I said free. Yeah. So there's a, a site that I watch many videos on that are not related to our podcasting or even anime in general that's charging $24 for 13 episodes 12 episodes i'm sorry and another and you're like how are you going to charge $2 an episode you want me to give you 50 bucks and not even get a physical copy like what's up with that i'd rather go get the manga the manga's cheaper and it, it, and to be perfectly fair it's much more
0: detailed Yes. Yes. But we were able to find a way to be able to watch it. So no worries there.
1: Um, Correction. The guru known as Jack was able to find (laughs) a location in which I was able to get massive amounts of cookies and watch it for free. (laughs) Look. Yeah. You are the product. (laughs) I was going (laughs) to say my my antivirus and anti-spyware were going crazy. But I'm not mad at the, at the final result. I was able to see a beautifully executed, wonderful anime. And the reason it's one of my personal favorites, it, it like, if you had to, if you like locked me on an Island, granted, I I, I prefer you gave me the completed still ongoing seasons and stuff like that. Um, but it would be in my top five. So just to feel good. And I, I really like it. It's just you know, one of my top favorite animes. All right. On. Um, and the, and Arguably the first I recognized as an isekai.
0: Ah, yes. This is definitely an isekai. Uh, to start us off, it is 25 episodes long. It aired in October 2013, ran all the way through March 2014. The producer for it was NHK. Uh studio was uh, Satellite. And then it's actually based off of a light novel. And the genres are action, game, adventure, magic, and fantasy.
1: And it excels in each and every one of those. I would argue slice of life too, uh, only because of of the certain elements we're going to talk about. Yeah. But
0: no, I can, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, so in case you, you didn't catch onto that satellite is also the same studio. Um, they've done some work for a fairy tale. They've done, they've helped out with the fairy tale movie They've done That's a right. few in the Helsing Ultimate.
1: I can definitely see the animators in that. That makes sense.
0: And then they also uh, helped animate World End. What do you do at the end of the world? Are you busy? Will you save us? That one. They they actually helped with that one. And then yeah. they also did a Somali and the Forest Spirit.
1: So would you consider them a powerhouse of an animator?
0: Yes, I I would definitely consider them a powerhouse uh, simply because that was just a few, just a smidgen of the animes that they've done. They've done a large number of other ones where they are the sole studio for it. And some of them I haven't seen, but some of them I have. And I'm actually not disappointed in them at all. Like what? Oh, aside from Somalia and the Forest Spirit, Fairy Tale. In general, they've helped out do some of those. Uh, they've done Macross mm-hmm. F. Oh. Yeah. So they've done some of the Macross. They've done the Helsing, which I'm a big fan of Helsing. Helsing Ultimate as well. Loved both of those. Uh, they did the Prologue for Final Fantasy 15, which I thought that was tastefully done. Oh,
1: oh geez. So it, you could knock every last one of the other off of the the your notepad. All the other names. Just you're going to raise them. The prologue by itself that sold me on that whole studio. Then again, you can't really go wrong with Final Fantasy. Really anything. True. But that's that's just my personal favorite. Um, <laughs> actually, you go way, way back in the day. Um, Final Fantasy 8. You let me borrow your discs when they still had a black back on it.
0: Oh, yeah. For the
1: PlayStation 1. <laughs> and, <laughs> and-, and they were damn near scratch. They, they They were scratch impervious. <laughs> like you could, uh, I don't know why they made him so much more flimsy and fragile, but you could literally take a knife and write your name on the black part of it. So you knew it was yours and the game would still play. No problem.
0: Yeah. You know, I never had that. The only ones I ever had a problem with, uh, were those final fantasy eight ones. I, I must've bought eight copies replacing them. And it was only because oh, the first disc ever messed up on me. That being said, that being said, yeah. Sorry.
1: We got a little off topic. Well, I mean, not really, because this is also an MMORPG. The Log Horizon is based off of, or not based off of, but it takes place in an MMORPG. I would argue that uh, Final Fantasy 8 could have also, I would not have been mad if I was thrown into that universe. Uh,
0: I would have. I mean, I could think of some better ones to be thrown into than Final Fantasy 8, but at the same time, it's it wouldn't be that bad. That being said, this <laughs> anime, this series truly is a isekai in every sense of the word, with the exception of the fact that when you're isekai into this world, it's not just one person, it's multiple people. It's an entire swath of people. It's an entire group. And it's not just a few thousand, it's tens of thousands of people that were there. And so it's not like anyone in particular were isekai into this world. So,
1: yeah, but we only ever really see the Japanese server.
0: True, true. And and uh, I believe what was the number that they actually honed in on to it for just in Japan? Just in Japan was like
1: 30,000. They kept repeating that, I think.
0: So, I mean, if you have just 30,000 in Japan, just think about the cataclysmic event that it could have on the whole world. Right.
1: Oh, dude, could you imagine if that's what season three is about? I realize we're getting a little. A little far ahead, but that could be amazing. That would be pretty interesting.
0: Uh, Although I'm interested to see if they have anyone else that actually comes in to Japan from another country or if they go to another country's server, right? Because it's no longer simply relegated into servers where you have to load out, load in, maybe go to a different one or something like that into a different server. Now you just walk there, literally walk there, unlike... before before it became a well, real life thing, they had these gates where they could teleport. Now they have to actually travel. But well, they also have sea-
1: they, they, now they're also able to have like ma- major boats. True. But we'll get into that We'll get into that. so hopefully you can go to the mainland and stuff like that. But uh, when you're thrown into this game, it's very similar, very it reminded me a lot now that I've <laughs> widened my anime horizon. It reminded me a lot of sword art online where everyone's out doing their own thing and then they get teleported to the city. Now, that's basically where the similarities end, in my opinion. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh. <laughs> yeah, The one of the things that's really interesting is for this world, when you die, instead of you actually dying, they keep that uh, game-like aspect of it, and you respawn at the chapel or or the town or yeah. any other spawn points that you may have or something like that. I'm sure that they'll... Have other spawn points and everything?
1: I, I, yeah, I think they do. Every major city has their like cathedral where they go to, um, and where they respawn at. And what what really kind of made this feel for me as a really good, not just really good, but really well explained. You know how I'm a huge fan of show me, don't tell me. Oh yeah. Whenever you, whenever you'd look at a, a new thing a descriptor would come up as if you were in a game. And then you realize that you're seeing it first person, third person. um, There's really no second person, secondary person, but you're, you're seeing what they see and you're, you know, as they're doing it and stuff like that, which is kind of cool. But if you pause and, and whenever you see the, the, the images displayed with writing, if you pause, everything's there. It tells you what server you're on. If there's PVP allowed, if skills are allowed, like it gets in depth. Yeah. And like the detail in making sure this is from episode one to episode 25. The, the detail that came in with every informational scene you see, it was consistent. It was really well done. Yes. And it it just, it aside from, (laughs) aside from the thing that always annoys me, but I've learned to get over it. When a character is wearing glasses and they look at you, they give you the side eye. For some reason, that that rim, that that uh, thing that sits on your ear—I I don't know what it's called, unfortunately—that that's my own ignorance.
0: But that disappears, and you can see their eyes clearly. And I'm like, yeah, but that's also a very common theme for a lot of different shows, a lot of different anime, and it's not even just glasses. They'll do that for fences. You know, they have like this magic cutout for where the fence is, or or the net or anything else that's there in front of their face that has see-through, but it just magically disappears right in front of their face.
1: Yeah. And watching this again, because again, this is the this is one of the first animes I've ever encountered like this. Um, It just kept bringing back nostalgic memories where it it also brought back annoyances. And so, like I said, I've come to accept that, but I rewatching it. I was like, this is annoying me. This is Why? and i thought it was hilarious the trope where the person wearing glasses was a villain or super smart or out for themselves and the thing i really really liked is they played on that because oh yeah they had like this intermission or this this like cut scene in the middle of almost every episode and one of them they show the three characters that you see wearing glasses and it shows them in their demon shadow form and what I mean by that is you have the outline and they just like took MS paint and blotted their, their thing black and then drew big white circles for eyes and a creepy smile. And that's like their, their shadow for their shadow form. But it's, you only ever see that when another character is like, it's the devil in that, that wears glasses or the villain in the glasses.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of, Jokes And there's some memes out there that actually play on this anime, too. Uh, I even posted one of them as well. It shows Shiro completely blacked out with the red smile and his glasses there. And it's like, and he's the good guy because he (laughs) is very he's very cruel and calculating at times to make sure everything gets done the way it needs to be. And he's considered the strategist. So what's interesting about this anime, what I really enjoyed by the fact that one, it's not just one person, it's an entire group of people that are there. And it's not just uh, one person being brought in who's all powerful. It's a whole bunch of people that are brought in and they all have their own strengths and weaknesses across the board. And so it's everyone in the show trying to learn how to get along and, and try and set rules and boundaries. And basically they're trying to form their own country From the ground up.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's it. it, It'd be difficult if you had perfect circumstances, but it's, it's nowhere near perfect here. What I thought was really unique and interesting about this storyline was the fact that if there was no single group that was able to conquer everything, like, like with a real MMORPG world of Warcraft, if you, you have your own guild, you have your stuff like that. Shiro, our main character, was the strategist of his ragtag group called the Tea Party. They all belonged to other people, to other guilds, but they came together because they enjoyed the game. And you don't get to see everybody. Mm -hmm. I imagine eventually you will. I hope you will, at least. But the thing that got me is, what would you do? What would happen to you if you were thrown into this situation where you were your character? Much like Overlord, except no food, um, and the food is considerably more bland than anything. They actually complain about it for the first four or five episodes. Of like, we can add salt, we can add sugar, but it's all mush and it tastes like water. So, for breakfast, we're having sugary mush, and for lunch, we're having salty mush. Right, and for dinner, we're gonna have like spicy mush.
0: But they do also state that the in- ingredients themselves individually also have their taste so bananas taste like bananas strawberries taste like strawberry bread tastes like bread but only if you pick it and only if they're ingredients if you combine the ingredients when you like pick them up and everything like that and you like go through the menu to create it it just tastes like plain plain mush it doesn't taste like anything A- anything
1: you get from the store or from the market also mush because they they sell these extravagantly amazing looking dishes and it's hilarious because you see them taking like really awesome sushi rolls and pizza and they're crying as they're eating them because it's just there's no flavor
0: right and, and it's one of not the biggest- because of anything it's because it's the adventurers that everyone's actually called in this they're creating them because the people of the land the npcs of the group they don't know about the mixtures and creating the foods and prepping the food like that. They just know it in its base form, in its raw base form. Correct. Now, I can only assume
1: that the people of the land or the NPCs um, are eating the same bland food because they don't, as it's stated much later, when they find out that food can be flavorful, they're taking better care of the livestock, they're deciding which particular Vegetables to grow, and and their produce has become a much higher quality because they found higher quality food equals better tasting food, and it actually kickstarts the economy. Now, one of the things that I liked about this is it actually had a very, very solid, ba- solidly based economy, and they explained it simply. For an adventure to live, you spent five gold on food every day, and you spent fifteen gold on your room. You don't necessarily have to stay in the room, so you could you know, cut it back down to five gold regardless you have to kill 6 goblins in order to earn your food and stay so that's how you're able to price out how what gold is worth essentially and you you realize that everyone's got a massive amount of gold saved up they're lethargic they don't have any quests anymore like once they're here they've basically lost hope and Shiro is one of the ones that is like you know we got to change this we need to keep people motivated we need to do this and one of the quests that he was undertaking was for a friend to go get one of their fellow guild members. Now every city was independent of one another. Unfortunately, if your guild mate was in another town, it was a a trek to get to them. And there's no guarantee that you'd be able to make it back. Whenever you died, you'd go back to your home um, cathedral essentially, or the last one you were at.
0: Right. Which really proves that this show is, is great in that. They, one, disabled the teleportation, so you couldn't just teleport around. And I also really enjoyed the fact that they actually had to travel to traverse the area. And while they did have a means to be able to do it, they also specifically broke down. It's like, look, on by foot, by horseback, or anything else, it would take up to two weeks to get there. And that's a long time. Now, granted, you also get the breakdown of time frame comparatively between real world and the game time frame, So that way you kind of learn like in general, how, how time has flowed for it. And they also really break down what I, what I thought was really cool is that they broke down the beginning of where it is, the beginning of the game, which is basically the beginning of time for them and how the game, the monsters were introduced into the system which is the creators of the game creating the monsters in the system. And then you have the beta players for the adventures and and it just breaks it down and everything, the lore and everything like that for the game, it becomes instant reality for them in this world. Now, one of
1: the things that I liked about, well, I keep saying one of the things, there's many, there's, there's probably thousands of things I love about this thing, about this anime, but one of the ingenious ideas I haven't seen implemented since, really, I mean, maybe my 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 selection is limited, but when they were taught, when when one character, when one sage character was talking to Shiro, um, he mentioned that, well, you have life and you have mana. And when your mana runs out and your your life runs out, you die, you're reborn over there. Or if somebody wants to revive you, then your body is still there. They can just throw health at you and you probably have a mana that regenerates. Right. But for the people of the earth, the, the people of the land, their mana and their 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 HP, they're not they're not tied to one another like like a players would be. When a player dies, he's reborn into a cathedral and his psyche comes with him, or his brain and his mana and all that stuff his health regenerated. But for people of the land, when they die, their psyche goes first, their their mana leaves them first and then the body will eventually deteriorate. And that comes into a huge play later on when you see a character and looking at it, watching this again, all the signs are there. They hid nothing oh, just yeah. because I was not enough to see it and realize what I was looking at. Um, it, it made me hurt a little more, but there's one main character, Rudy, who, well, he's not a main character. He's more like a main side character, but Rudy comes to the scene and he's, you're very flippant very self-important sorcerer, right? Yes. And you get to learn his ins and outs, his quirks. He becomes a very lovable character and he gave, he meshes with the group really, really well. He grows with the group. So you become emotionally attached to him. And then he sacrifices himself to buy everybody time. And he, at the very end, he screams, I'm an adventurer. And then basically self-destructs. And you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. But all the other characters uh, in his group go to meet him. And they're like, all right, cool. Let's revive him." And they realize they can't. Yeah. And that's when you find out that he's not an adventurer. He's a person of the land. Right. To me, it, it, it felt even more because he sacrificed, he was running around training and learning with these people, people he admired. And he essentially sacrificed himself for the, for the immortal friends he had. True. So to me, he was worth more In my opinion, he was, because he couldn't, he didn't think he could come back. His sacrifice is worth more than a hundred adventurers dying. Now, one of the things that I should probably mention that I know you'd probably kick me for not saying sooner when I was talking about psyche and stuff like that here, when you die, it turns out that you, you lose more than just the experience you didn't bank when you leveled, you lose your memories.
0: Yeah, exactly. And they don't know how much of the memories. They don't know which ones are chosen or anything like that. You just know that they are. And it's actually explained much earlier than that, than what you were just talking about than there. Um, To kind of round back to what you were talking about earlier, about the journey for Shiro going up to the northern country to get uh, one of the friend's uh, guildmates, I guess, is what you would call it. Yeah. Yeah when they were really traveling along and they were talking about the meshy food, you start learning about the mechanics of what you actually have to do. And that's, what's really great is that there's not just a small change to it. That just doesn't mean anything. It means magnitudes. So they run across one of the main characters or supporting character. Chief is what everyone calls him. And he actually tells them, Hey, you know, This meat can smell like meat. This food can taste like this great food if you prepare it by hand, if you prepare it yourself. But, and this is is interesting where they keep the game aspect of it, you have to have that subclass to be able to do that. Now, what I got from later on towards the end, especially towards the end, um, is that you can actually change your subclass to something else later on. Your primary cast is your primary class, but your subclass you're You're allowed to change it to something else, granted, you lose that experience in those levels, but you're able to still level it up.
1: I thought it was kind of nice they were able to do that, and it was very tactful in the way in their execution. It wasn't something like, oh, you can start over, it's still a game. It's well, you're stuck with your main, but you're able to change your job your your subclass like you would a job and I thought it was really redeeming because one of the biggest controversies that started in, in the beginning was that all the new characters were rounded together and basically held hostage and they were forced to be, um, what were they leather workers to fix the equipment that was breaking? Yeah. Like these kids, these, these new players didn't have a choice. They were forced to do it. So I, I liked the option to change no matter what it was. And I liked the, the breadth, the, 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 the amount of options you had that was also explained. Yes. It felt like a real game. It felt like they they it felt like they had this big bulletin board and saying if you did this, you can then do this 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 this. But if you did this, that negates all of this other stuff. And it, it just it felt like it was extremely well thought out. And to my knowledge, they did not make any mistakes as far as their explanations go. Everything made logical sense.
0: No, I I honestly have to agree with you there. What's really Really interesting too is they always referenced the update that just happened for any of the new things that they're trying to figure out or anything that they're trying to discover. They learn it's like, hey, the level cap before was ninety. Now it's like a hundred and something. I think is what they said. They never
1: hit a top. They they just knew it was more. That they typically they were guessing it stopped at a hundred because every expansion was 10 levels, but nobody's hit a level a hundred yet. So they don't know.
0: Well, everyone just, it was just done. So no one's even hit level 91, except for the people that were going out there grinding for it. Um, yeah. What's really also interesting is that Shiro, the, which is why they call him villain in the glasses is (laughs) he actually figures out. He's like, Hey, you know what? There's something going on here and it ain't Right. To reference what you were talking about is he figured out or learned that there was a guild basically kidnapping all these low-level adventurers, forcing them into indentured servitude, and they can't leave. They can't do anything at all. They're they're actually restricted on every level because uh, each guild master is able to put permissions and restrictions in on everything and even able to do it on a individual level. And I'm glad that they actually explained that too. I mean, it was, it, like I said, the detail, they, they didn't miss
1: anything. And it was, it was just, uh, the story mode is what I liked about Shiro the most was his mentality because at the end of the first series, you find out that he's making people dislike him on purpose.
0: Yep. Well, you find that out at the, the end, not even the beginning you find, find, or rather it's stated at the end.
1: Yeah. And you find that out because it's not that he's trying to, he's not trying to be a jerk to just to be a jerk. He says, you know, different situations call for different actions, and in most future scenarios we might encounter, having a good cop and a bad cop will benefit us more than having everybody like us. Yeah, and having somebody who's shrewd, ever having somebody who's shrewd and methodical, and having your your potential adversary know this. We'll stop them from attacking immediately thinking everybody's just this nice person.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and again, speaks to the genius of this, of how great this show is, is it's all broken down. It's like, there's not a reason for something to be there for no reason. You know, there's always a reason for it to be there. And what's really interesting is uh, Shiro above everyone else, uses knowledge to his advantage every chance he gets. And that's just the type of guy he is. Like when he learned that, hey, you can actually cook the food and it'll actually taste like food, he uses it as leverage to help elevate him to his next goal to help actually fix a problem, which was save all those kids or all those low-level individuals who were in that one guild and make it so that way they can actually get out. He by doing that, that, he buys the guild building.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he does. He buys the guild building for that specific purpose. You're thinking only to find out, no, it's to actually blackmail everyone else to start acting like civilized people. And anybody who doesn't want to do that gets kicked out. Yeah. Now, the biggest danger and the biggest fear of of the for blackmail is the guild house that he just purchased holds everybody's valuables it's known that people are killing players like players are killing players to get their stuff so everyone's hoarding all their valuables in the guild hall well your guild hall is no longer accessible to you in this city yep now you now all your health potions all your mana potions all your money it's out in the it's it's literally behind a glass panel you can see like it's it's torture and the only way to get it is to travel at at the absolute soonest fastest travel 27 days in order to grab your stuff and grabbing your stuff 27 days away isn't even a good option because the people who are only 27 days away are under a dictatorship where anarchy rules yep. and that's the only one we know of which is
0: great so i mean like he basically <laughs> forces them to hey you know guess what we all have to take ownership of everything we have the major players for each a uh, guild rather where we uh, amass a majority of the people just for who we watch. And y'all have to now take ownership and make sure things go well. What's actually really great, too, is he says because death is not a consequence here and you can actually make someone a slave or kidnap them, that is a grave crime and that they need to be able to fight something like that. And everyone instantly agrees to it. Which is true. I mean, like, yeah, yeah you can said. die. That doesn't mean anything there. You're going to just respawn. But if you kidnap them, you keep them held hostage, there's nothing yeah. preventing you from being able to, to keep them there. Case for in life. point.
1: You're, case in point. You're not allowed to fight inside the city. But if I'm stronger than you by, say, 15 or so levels or, or even higher, I can grab your hand and twist your arm behind your back and inflict pain upon you, and it's not considered fighting. Mm-hmm. I can get you in a chokehold not considered fighting. It's considered a submissive hold yep. or a submission hold.
0: And and, and the, there's these automated knights that will come in and basically destroy you or kill you if you try to fight them or if you try to fight inside the city limits. So there is a police force that will help prevent violence to a degree, but it won't prevent a lot of these other things and won't prevent anyone from being killed outside the city too.
1: Yeah. That's why we're walking outside is incredibly dangerous because within what they also do in the rules is they're like, look, no more PKing in certain areas. If you're below level 40, you're under the protected class because you're not even able to have enough valuable stuff to be worth killing over. Like, and let's maybe cycle out these since we're, we're acting like a city. Let's cycle through these hunting grounds, you know? Yeah. And then one of the, one of the things they did is they also held a training seminar, probably the first one ever, for anybody who's lower than level forty to teach them how to cooperate and teach them how to be contributing members of their society, to be active gamers, to learn how to do it. Because before it was a simple um, action where you sent an attack and like you entered a keyboard, you got the attack done. You didn't have to do anything. Here you can do the same thing, but it takes much longer. Whereas if you just did it, if you made the action for it, you would be able to do certain skills. Yeah. So the fighting, the fighting mechanism was changed and took a little bit to get used to.
0: Yeah. And I mean, we honestly could go on for a couple of hours. I feel like going through this, just talking about everything that we liked and and disliked more so liked a lot. The, the like the comedic, it, it was never at a weird <laughs> time where there was, some yeah, the comedy. comedy there. It was always there at, at the perfect time where you really needed that comedic relief where it's just like, it's kind of heavy, kind of heavy, kind of heavy, heavy. And then it's just like, Hey, here's some comedic relief. Case
1: in point. So we've been talking about Shiro a lot. We really haven't talked when we talked about Shiro, we've talked about the cat dude who always says meow chief, um, chief. Yeah. Chief. Who's a chef. Yeah. I always wondered if they just They did that wrong. He wasn't supposed to be chief. He was supposed to be chef. No,
0: they called him chief. He wasn't a chef. That's not his primary class. His primary class is swashbuckler. And his name is Nyanta, but they just (laughs) called him chief because of who he was. And yeah, we didn't really talk about anyone else. Like uh, Akutsuki and uh, Nagasogo. Now, I'm just going to call them now. (laughs) <laughs> Those two always had their comedic reliefs, and and now he he was pervy. He he's just like, hey, you know, oh, hardcore. Like talked about like panties, panties and and women in general and everything like that. And every time he would even begin to say anything lewd, anything at all, Akatsuki would straight up kick him and then turn to Shiro and say, "Hey, is it alright if I kick this guy in the face?"
1: It's like, <laughs> yeah, and it, it was it never hurt him because he got to be like, hey, you can't ask after the fact. Like, what the heck? And that never changed. And I loved the fact that it never changed. Yeah. It was just, it was was good. Wholesome in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And it's not like there's, there's a ton of other characters in there and each one Mm -hmm. of them, even though, even if they're a supporting character, they are given due justice so that we can kind of understand what's going on with them. You can understand how they are in general. And I think that's actually really done Well, well,
1: there are no characters that you get to see, even if they don't have a name, there are no characters that you get to see that are doing nothing, which I thought was impressive. Yeah. Because it it takes so much forethought. Like I swear they had to have a master plan set up beyond what the light novel was because every person you see, every person that is, that has an interaction, even in the background is important. And it goes to the point where Shiro also thought that, you know, in this new expansion of our game that that locked us here, the people of the land have also changed. They're more human than we are. In this particular situation, we're the abnormal ones. We don't die. We are stronger. We're better. Like the people of the land are the humans of the situation. We're the invaders, essentially. Yep. And as they're doing their technological advances in the city, you see people with red rings on. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe they're just part of a secret group that Shiro put together because that's the shit he would do. And actually, no, they're actual they, they they come from the eastern province of free whatever it was. Yeah. And they're people of the land sent to spy on the adventure group trying to figure out what's going on there. Yeah. And you're like, wait a second, it's not just the adventurers that don't know what's going on, the people of the land no longer have dialogue. They're no longer issuing quests. They're no longer doing things that they should in a game. And not only are they more humanized, if you kill them, they don't come back at all.
0: Yeah. Uh, Unlike monsters, which do. And it's really great that they actually took the time to be able to do something like that, right? That they took the time to, To make sure that this was really thought out and that this was properly explained so that way you can truly understand the gravity of what's going on. So that way you can truly understand what the whole mentality is behind everyone because it's not normal for a bunch of people to just like all of a sudden be there and it's like, hey, bro, cool story. Guess what? There's a thing that happened. Everyone knows about it, including the NPCs. And we're just going to act like nothing happened. I'm glad that they decided to make it actually like, Hey, this big catastrophic event happened. And everyone on both sides knows about it.
1: This is kind of a sidebar, but um, the fact that they stopped accepting um, quests allowed for a goblin king to be crowned. If they would have gone through like they always did and accepted quests and killed goblins, the Goblin King would have never actually been a threat. Yeah. And they would have never been, if they were, if the Goblin King was never a threat, the kingdom would not have attempted to sign a treaty and alliance with the adventurers.
0: Actually, they didn't even figure that out until after they were already trying to figure out what to do with the trap, the adventurers. It was during that time that everyone started figuring out what was going on. It's like, oh, this is, This isn't good. We need to we need to try and figure something out.
1: Politics in this show
0: really play a part. And it's not done in a way that's distasteful, that just makes you really kind of grit your teeth at it. It's done in a way that really helps progress and move the story along. And it's done also in a way to make it easily digestible, too.
1: (laughs) I was going to say that it's easy to understand, but easy, easily digestible is probably a little more eloquent.
0: Yes. So I think that's a pretty good spot for us to leave off on. I mean, like I know that we definitely could both go on for hours, but uh, oh god, yeah. I think we can probably continue this conversation with everyone else in our Discord server. So uh, how about on a scale of up to Mm ten for right now, sir? How would you rate this?
1: Ten. Just straight up ten. I got no. There is nothing I could say or do to make this any better than it already is, in my personal opinion.
0: All right. Well, I honestly, I mean, like, I can try and think as hard as I want. I honestly have nothing really negative to say about this enemy. And I also got to give it a 10. Oh, OK. Well, I mean, minus 10. So really I'm giving hard. it a zero. Screw that noise. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just playing. I'm playing uh, no, I honestly, I got to give it a I, I agree with you. I got to give it a 10. I honestly try to think of something negative and I really can't I mean like how the characters are, how their interactions are, the story and character development. It's actually done really well. And even coming back and revisiting it six years later, I, I still think it's a great show. And if you're not a fan of isekais, if you're not a fan of anime in general, this still really is one that you should give a shot.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's <laughs> it's just that good. Well, like it's again, I like I said, it's in my top ten, my top five. So
0: yep. So next week is your choice, sir. What do you uh, have in store for us?
1: Oh, so many different things. Um, well. No, I'm just joking. I I I want I want to do season two. Season two? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I definitely want to do season two. Like I'm fired up. I, I I even got my girl to watch it and she was like she was impressed. So I I yeah, season two, hundred percent.
0: Season two, it is right on. Hopefully it's just as good as season one. I remember it being pretty good, not as good as season one. Um, but it is still twenty-five episodes long. And it's actually by a different studio as well, so that could also have something to do with it. That's
1: kind of weird because it was released in spring, season one, and then season two was released in fall. It was Uh, both both were
0: released in October. Both ended in March. Oh, so October twenty fourteen to March two thousand fifteen for season two. So exactly one year
1: apart. Yeah, nah, that's my bad. I was uh, I was wrong. Was wrong. So wrong so wrong
0: <laughs> so wrong but that's all the time that we have for today if you uh, feel like we missed something if you feel like we did a disservice to log horizon or if you feel like we amped it up too much feel free to let us know you can reach out to us at featured anime podcast at gmail.com feature anime podcast on facebook at those anime guys on twitter and of course you can join us in our discord the link for that is in the show notes or if you're listening to this on youtube it'll be in the description and. Always leave a comment. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. That's including on YouTube. And until next time, I'm Jack. I'm Rick. And. Hold up.